Imputed Podcast starts right now. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Asman and Butik Show podcast. I'm Jake Asman, and as always, I'm joined alongside Dan Butik. Dan, how are you? Doing good. Excited for week five of the NFL season. Should be a, a great week. You know, great. For, week four was a pretty good week. Not, not for the Jets, but it was a pretty good week. Well, it usually isn't a good week for the Jets. And, of course, as you know, we're big Jeff fans. We will get to that later on in the program. But it's hard to believe that we're all, we are already, you know, through a quarter of the football season. The fo- NFL season always goes by quick or four weeks in and it's so funny you know we, we see two which after two weeks we think we know a team and then two weeks later like the Giants they win they lose two and then win two and they're kind of up in the air what they're going to go the rest of the way yeah and the Giants have a tough game at home against the Atlanta Falcons very tough we will, game we will definitely cover later on in this program and then you have a lot of other interesting games we're going to get to the schedule in just a bit we're also going to introduce our buy or sell segment that we want to start doing for all football frenzy podcasts going forward and of course we're going to get to the pigskin pickums at the end of the show that's always our favorite part rough week for dan and i i went one and four dan you went two and three the current standings you're at seven and eight for the season dan i'm at eight and seven so we're neck and neck right now and obviously tight tight race it's very tight we're gonna get to it um at the end of the show as we always do but we begin with the schedule for week five of the nfl season and there's definitely a lot of good matchups we'll start with the bears who are going to be at the panthers bears at the panthers i think carolina i like carolina in that game i think carolina at home I think if they could get their running game consistently together and they could play some better defense. I mean, they, they did not come out defensively against the Ravens last week. They, they couldn't stop Steve Smith Sr. now, but they, they couldn't stop their former, their former receiver, Steve Smith. I think their defense is going to tighten up against the Bears. And, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of the Chicago Bears. I think they're a nice team, but I think they struggle in a lot of aspects, especially defensively. Well, we saw what Jay Cutler did to them. Um, you know, excuse me. Well, we saw what Aaron Rodgers did to them last exactly. week, exactly on the road, and you know, the Packers not... came in struggling, and they figured it out against the Bears. And you know, we said it on the show last week, Dan, that we were not, you know, that impressed by the Bears. You know, the Jets and Geno Smith could not take advantage of that weak secondary and their, that their defense has. But you know what, Aaron Rodgers did, and Cam Newton should be able to as well. well the... I agree with you. I think the Panthers are going to be able to put up points in this game. I think it comes down to their defense. But I think the fact that the Panthers are at home and they haven't played great the past couple weeks, expect Carolina to have a nice bounce back. Game. And I think that when the Jets played the Bears, the thing that was most was not impressive. I think the Jets were their own were their own worst nightmare. I don't I don't credit really the Bears defense when I watch that game. I credit more of the not the credit, but I, I put the blame on the inept the ineptitude of the Jets de- the offense and their, the way they were throwing the football. And it all comes back to Geno Smith. Never forget the old one of six in the red zone. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. They had their chance. They couldn't do it. And you know what? When you face a team like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they're going to take advantage of that secondary. And that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. I, literally, the Chicago Bears could not stop a nosebleed last week against Aaron Rodgers and that high-flying offense of the Green Bay Packers. So when I look at this game, I just think Cam Newton's going to do a lot of those same things that Aaron Rodgers was able to do to this we- very weak Bears secondary and injured. And that game is at 1 o'clock on Fox. Another game we're going to look at, the Browns are at the Titans. This is a possible MW Mark Webber game of the week. The Browns are you know, awful. The Titans haven't been impressive at all. They stink as well. Oh, the, Titans, the Titans are a train wreck. The Titans. I think Ken Wisenhunt. He said it after the game last week. Yeah, he he has underestimated. The, he's overestimated this team. He doesn't think they're as they're good now as he thought they were at the beginning of the season. And you know what? Who's to blame? I mean, they are a terrible football team. They they Jake Locker wasn't getting the job done. Got hurt, but still wasn't playing well. Charlie Whitehurst last week just. 
you know, he's not a he's not a guy you could rely on to play consistent quarterback play. I agree with you. And then you look at the Cleveland Browns, and the story with the Browns is going to be when will we see Johnny Manziel? We all think it will happen at some point this season, but as of right now, Brian Hoyer Brian Hoyer is still the starting quarterback in Cleveland. Brian Hoyer is still the starting quarterback in Cleveland, and I think he will be the starting quarterback in Cleveland for another couple of weeks. I happen to agree with you right there. And then another game, the Rams at the Eagles. The Eagles came into last week undefeated. They went out to San Francisco, and that Niners defense came up big at the end of the game, keeping the Eagles without an offensive touchdown in that football game. And you know what? You give credit to the Niners. They found a way to get it done. But now the Eagles return home, facing a very bad, very average Rams team. Yeah, and the Eagles are an interesting team because they're they're three and one, but they're a, they're a confusing three and one because they're they've struggled you know at times this season. I mean, they come back from fourteen point deficits a couple of times. They 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 haven't played great football yet, and I thought they would go into San Francisco and and Nick Foles would really play a great game, and he was awful, and this offense was awful. They really couldn't move the football down. They got the ball with two minutes left you know, with a chance to, to, to win the game, and they moved 20 yards backwards. They couldn't even do anything. So I just think this Eagles team, it's a confusing 3-1 and one for them. Not exactly a dominating 3-1. and one. I think they're going to struggle. And then you have a Rams team that is one and two right now. A lot of questions surrounding their offense. Can they move the football? But you know what? The Rams defensively, they're a heck of a unit. They are a heck of a defensive unit. I know they have their struggles offensively. They blew that huge lead a couple of weeks ago against the Dallas Cowboys. You know what? I I think the Rams are going to win this football game. I don't know, Dan. On the road, it's, uh, I, coming up the bye week. I, I think don't the know. Rams are going to win. Off an Eagles loss, I'd be very surpri- surprised if the St. Louis Rams won this I, football you know, game. The only reason I say that is I am but not— Pettis as their quarterback? I mean, I don't know. Well, the only reason I'm saying is I think they can win this football game is because I have not you been— You think impre- they can win or that you're picking them to win? Well, well wait, they're not part of the pigskin pickups routine here, so I'm not making a— Well, def- they could be. They could be your wild card pick. I will get break it. They're not my wild card pick, <laughs> as I will say. But I, I will say I do think the Rams can go into Philadelphia and win this game. I have not been very impressed. Like I said before, the Eagles, they're a week 3-1. and one. I think they have some— Question marks at the quarterback position after they'll play the last couple weeks, especially late down the stretch. You know, I know Nick Foles a couple weeks ago came up big, but last week, just when they needed him the most, he really he really showed uh, a lack of awareness in the pocket. Uh, clock management was very poor by the Eagles' offense last week. So, I really think the Rams can win this football game. I don't know if they will. But I think they can. Don't trust the Rams' offense. I trust the no. Eagles' ability to be able to score Jake, points, even against a good defense. Jake, but. before we move on to the next game, how fo- how but Nick Foles didn't play well last week. How many more? How 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 long is your leash on Nick Foles before you go to Mark Sanchez? Oh, it's a very long. I mean, very the, long. The, All right. The Eagles won the division last year. No, they, they did. They, they start, did. They started three and zero, and you know, you look at the Eagles' point totals and their three wins. Seven. They, excuse me, 34, 30, and thirty four. So the Eagles have been able to put up points. They struggled last week against a desperate one and two 49ers team. The 49ers coming into that game. that game. The yeah. Eagles. The, uh, the Eagles went on the west. Went to the West Coast. Played in a tough environment in San Francisco. I'm not putting too much stock into that game. But I will say this about the Eagles and the rest of the NFC East, for that matter. So weak. This division, but it's uh, but it's actually a lot better than I think people think. Well, especially I, if Dallas is going to play the type of football that they played against the Saints the other night. The Dallas is another team. I, I like what I see out of Dallas, but I feel like they can. You You'll see a performance like that, and they'll come out this week, and they won't be able to score the football. Well, let's get the Houston, Dallas Texas right now. Team. Yep, they're playing the Texans at home, and this is an interesting game. I think if J.J. Watt and this Texans defense can get a pass rush and stop the run of Tony Romo and you know get some hits on Tony Romo and make Tony Romo turn the football over, the Texans can win this game. I'm still I still like the Cowboys in this game though I think Cal- Dallas is starting to really get things rolling they really have put the, you know a nice string of things together and they were so impressive against the Saints but 
as you know, Dan, it's the Cowboys. You never know. But I still like Dallas in this game at home, being able to beat the other Texas team. I like Dallas too at home, and I, I think they're going to win the game. But the, you know, again, when you talk about this Dallas, this Dallas team, you know, when's the week where they implode? I feel like we're all waiting for that week where it just everything falls apart. They've played well so. It far. It might be too early for that because they no, usually start off pretty no, well. No, I know it might be too early for that, but I'm saying like a lot of people are jumping on this Dallas Cowboy bandwagon, like, oh, this is their year. And I feel like we say this a lot, and we you know, we all fall into the Dallas. They Cowboy have trap to do it in December. No, to be you're right. Year. I mean, Tony Romo, one of the worst December records for a quarterback. For a present quarterback currently in the NFL, so I think that is a, you know, just a statistic that will tell you that once we get to to crunch time, late November, early December, you know that that'll be where where you find out what kind of what kind of what, what this team is made of. Now you have another NFC South matchup. You have the Buccaneers who upset the Pittsburgh Steelers last Sunday, taking on the one and three. Yes, that's the one and three New Orleans Saints, and this is a Saints team Dan that we saw against Dallas. You know, just get beat down like like it was nobody's business. Like they stole something. The Dallas Cowboys, we just talked about it. They came in and they laid a shellacking on the Saints. Now the Saints return home. How do they respond at one and three? This is almost a must win if you're the New Orleans Saints. I think they win this football game at home. I don't think that you know the ten and a half point favorites coming. I I think they win this football game. They have to win this football. They don't game. have a choice. They're one and three. If they go to one and four and they're gonna lose at home to the Bucks. I mean, you give credit to the Bucks. They beat the Steelers on the road. That's a tough place to play. They got it done. But let's take it easy here. The Saints need to win this game. If they want to, you know, end up where a lot of people have I them, think which is, th- of course, the Super Bowl. At least make the playoffs. This is a must. If the Saints are serious contenders, which I still think they are, you know, they gotten off to a rough one and three start. You know, they, the Bull hasn't bounced their way a couple times. You know, nothing, nothing outlandish. They need to improve in certain aspects of the game, especially defensively. I absolutely think they win this football game, though. I think they. Ha- it's a must win for them. If you're a serious contender, you, you, you know, you're you're one of the best teams in football playing in your in your home stadium, and you're playing a a team that beat the beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, but. Struggled the week before, allowing 56 unanswered points uh, before they scored a touchdown to the Atlanta Falcons on the road. So going into New Orleans, into that environment like the Superdome, a must win for the Saints. I think they win the game. Bills at the Lions. And, Dan, this is the Bills team that is starting Kyle Orton at quarterback this week. They pulled E.J. Manuel, and you know what? It just shows you how desperate the Bills are and what they really think of E.J. Manuel. Doug Barone wasted a first-round pick on this guy, and you know, not even a quarter into the season— by week five, E.J. Manuel is no longer starting. Well, I think it w- I think what this tells you is that E.J. Manuel is no longer starting is that the Bills are serious about trying to win. The Bills want to win, and I think they are not. They, they it also f- shows you that they don't think much of E.J. Manuel. Well, They're going to replace him with Kyle Orton. Well, I think they think a lot of E.J. Manuel. They invested a first-round pick. I still think they think he's the guy, but I feel right now they don't have they don't they cannot fe- they feel they cannot tolerate. Uh, in a in a second year quarterback, the learning curves, and they want him, I think, to just learn on the bench, sit behind Kyle Orton, and have Kyle Orton come in and try to provide a spark, and just more cons- don't turn over the football, you know, be more consistent with the football in the air, and I think that's what they're going to get out of Kyle Orton. But to go into uh, a team with the number, one, arguably the best, I think they're the number one defense in football. When you talk about the Detroit Lions at home, I think the Lions are going to win. And then, Dan, you look at the other side of the ball, and you mentioned the Detroit Lions. This is a Lions team that we just saw firsthand beat up on the Jets, and they also beat the Packers the week before they played the Jets. Yeah, so, very impressive wins. So this wins. is a Lions team that's really starting to get things rolling. Lions are starting to get things rolling. Defensively, they're a tremendous unit. But offensively, no Calvin Johnson last week, and I understand the Jets have a weak secondary, but, but Matt Stafford did a great job facilitating the ball around, getting 
Pettigrew involved moving the football around the field, the running game with Reggie Bush. They did a great job offensively. And you saw Calvin Johnson was clearly limited. He was on a pitch count. He was not at 100%. Oh, he wasn't. He was a decoy. And the Lions and the Lions offense, to their credit, still moved the football on a. You know, I want to say the Jets defense is great. It's it's good at times when they get the pass rush going. But all things considered, I was very impressed. I was very impressed by how Matt Stafford played. You know, on the road, taking on a, you know a Jets team coming in that was able to get to the quarterback, and they did get the Stafford, but he hung in there and he played a nice game. And then another game, which you know to give you a preview, this might be my wild card pick. Who knows? The Ravens are taking on the Colts, and this is a Colts team coming in that after starting zero and two is really hot right now. They have scored eighty five points in their past two games. That's very impressive. They you know and and no Jake, we were uh, having this conversation. Couple days ago, is Andrew Luck an elite quarterback? How good is Andrew Luck? I think he's really good, and he's on the cusp of being elite. I don't know if I'll put him elite top three, four quarterbacks in football, but he's he's right there. Well, he's the whole tremendous. thing with the the whole thing with the elite discussion is how do you define elite? That's the thing. To me, I think if you're an elite, you're a top five quarterback in the NFL. And when I break down the quarterbacks, I think Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I don't think you need to just have a Super Bowl ring. No, to I, I, I agree. I absolutely I think that agree. If you play at an elite level, it's noticeable to the average NFL fan. And Andrew Luck, given the team that he has and what he's been able to accomplish through the first two years of his career in the NFL, I think there's no doubt in my mind that Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. I've trem- seen it. Yeah, he's a tremendous quarterback. I think he's right there, elite, on the cusp of being there. I think he's right there. He's a tremendous quarterback, and I think they're going to go he in. He just needs to play a little longer to then exactly. clearly have it's, that role It's tough to, as I a Drew Brees I mean, and as a Peyton Manning but, have. But let's think about it. What quarterback in his second or third year were you able to say, you know, besides Manning and Brady, they're an elite quarterback? Rodgers, no. I mean, there's guys that, so I think we need to see a little more out of I mean, how long did it take for Eli Manning before he jumped into the elite discussion? I mean, it took a Super Bowl ring uh, to even get him on the table. He was a five-year vet at, at that time. So I think we need to see a little more out of Andrew Luck, but he's a tremendous quarterback, and I think they're at home against Baltimore. They're going to win. Well, because this is a Ravens team that I, I know we're, we're both not very high I just, on. I, I feel like I want to be high. I'm like, oh, the, you know, the Ravens. And then I see, you know, some costly turnovers. I'm not. 100% I'll tell you why I'm skeptical. Joe Flacco. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Because Joe Flacco has games where he looks like an elite exactly. quarterback. He looks like Super Bowl Joe Flacco or playoff Joe Flacco, the guy that we saw take this team to a championship not too long ago, just two seasons ago. But then there's times where you have Joe Flacco, and he just puts up these games where he is just— He looks like know, a rookie. He just bombs, and he's throwing the ball over the field. He's turning the football over, and you really don't know what's going on. And, you know, that that's why I'm very skeptical of picking the Ravens. I feel more comfortable picking the Colts, especially after their past two games. I said it before. I'll say it again. They've scored 80 five points their past two games. This Colts offense is hot right now. And they're at home, which is why I'm taking the Colts also. Another game, Steelers at the Jaguars. This is the Jaguars team that struggled all season long. They have Blake Bortles going once again, and this is a Steelers team that you know looked really good against um, you know some teams they played this season, including the Carolina Panthers just two weeks ago, and then what do they do? They go out there against Tampa Bay at home, and they lose a tough one. Yeah, when you looked at the schedule, you probably thought they were going to have two pretty easy wins here. After the first couple weeks of the season, you know, taking on the Bucks at home and then going to Jacksonville to face an 0-4 Jaguars team, this is a must-win. The Steelers really got to win this football game. After a tough loss last week to the Buccaneers, a game they really should have won, they just let it slip out of their fingertips. They really need to win this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I understand Blake Bortles getting his second career start, showed some flashes last week of what he might be. They need to go in there and take care of business. What have been your thoughts on Blake Bortles so far? 
I think Blake Bortles has been really good. I, I think, you know, as a young quarterback, he's made some mistakes, thrown some interceptions, but he's not on a good team. And I, I that that's the one thing you have to take into account. I know, Jake, when you have a you know, it's one thing when you have a young quarterback playing on a team with a lot of stars, a big a good running game, a defense to work off of. Blake Bortles is really he doesn't have much to work with there. You know, you can make the argument his best receiver is an undrafted guy a rookie named Alan Hearns. So I mean, I just I I think he's gonna get criticized because he was high, so highly drafted and he's going to throw his interceptions, but he's not on much of a football team around him. So uh, that's what I think when I see the first game and a half of Blake Bortles' career. And our first 4 o'clock game of Week 5 is the Cardinals at the Denver Broncos. Really good football game uh, between two very good teams. You obviously have Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and then you have a Cardinals team that without Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton being their starting quarterback, won two straight games, and they come and playing very well, and they're going to go into a Denver, t- you know, go on and take on a, a very good Denver Broncos team that, of course, has arguably the, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it in Peyton Manning. Yeah, they do, and Drew Stanton's done a very nice job coming in playing quarterback for the Cardinals. Now, Palmer is healthy, but do we know who the starting quarterback is going to be? We have not. We don't know. He's probable is what we—I think—no, no, no. He's questionable right now for, for Sunday. Is the last I heard now, last night is, about if it. Carson Palmer is healthy, are you going back to him? You or are you to. sticking with you Drew ha- No, you have to go back I to I think Carson. you go back you to have him, to. Right? You have to go mm-hmm. back to your guy. I understand. You won 11 games of Palmer last year. Exactly. I think you got to go back to him. He's your, he's your quarterback. He's the guy you brought in t- to win last year, you know, to bring him in again this year. You know, Drew Stanton was there as a backup. He did a nice job. Sort of like the situation last year with, J- with Jay Cutler and J- Josh McCown. Josh McCown was playing. How great was Josh McCown playing? Got him a starting quarterback job this year with Tampa Bay. But in the end, you're right. They went back to Jay. You got to go back to the guy that is is a top quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks in football, and that's what they're going to do. Our next game that we're going to take a look at, of course, this is another four o'clock game. You have the Chiefs, fresh off their insane victory against the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. They're going to be in San Francisco, and of course, we talked about the Niners a little bit earlier when we were discussing the Eagles. This is a Niners team that came in last week, sitting at one and two. They needed to get a big win, and they did so over the Eagles. Now the Niners are back again at home, taking on a Chiefs team that once again has to be feeling pretty good about themselves. After to what they did to the Patriots in primetime. Yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, how good. I mean, we we watch a lot of football. We watch a lot of Patriots, obviously, with us both being Jeff fans. I have never watched the Patriots get shellacked like that. I've n- I mean, think about it. When is the last time the Patriots, with Tom Brady playing quarterback and Bill Belichick? It was the second worst loss of the Bill Belichick-Tom Brady era. It was, I mean, as far as I've seen, that was, I mean, that was Jets-like on primetime. I'm used to watching the Jets get blown out like that on primetime, to the Patriots usually. It was great because we have, Dan, you and me had the opportunity to watch it with two Patriot fans in the room. Oh, two Patriots fans. They were very upset. Uh, they, you know, and I would be upset too. I mean, they really just they couldn't do anything against a Chiefs team that is good, but are they as good as they played against the Patriots? That's the question. We'll find out. That's going to be a very good football game because now the Chiefs are starting to get things together. Alex Smith looked very good on Monday night. And here's a game we're going to touch on, of course in its own New York football segment. That, of course, is the Jets at the San Diego Chargers. And that's a game we'll touch on in a little bit. But obviously, the Jets sitting at 1-3, and three, they need this victory. And the Chargers, they come in as one of the best teams in the NFL. Phillip Rivers has been incredible this season. And then, of course, the Sunday night football game is the Bengals. And this Patriots team that we were just talking about a moment ago, another good football game between you know a, a desperate, I don't want to say desperate, but a struggling Patriots team and a Bengals team that's really impressed early on. And then, of course, the Monday night game is the Seahawks taking on the Redskins. But that's going to 
conclude our breakdown of week two. Of course, we're going to get into the Jets, the Giants. We're going to do our buy or sell segment. And of course, later on in the program, we're going to be making our pigskin pickums week five edition segment that the whole thing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more on the Football Frenzy podcast. You are listening to the Asman and Butte podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. We are back here on the Asmin and Budic podcast, and we're going to dive into some of the local mashups right now. Jake, we start off with the Atlanta Falcons traveling to the Giants to face the New York Giants, who's winners of two straight after losing their first two, but it's going to be a tough matchup this week at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Very tough matchup, but the Atlanta Falcons coming off a tough loss to the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Obviously, the Vikings were were still without Adrian Peterson. More on that during the buy or sell segment. But, you know, this is a Giants team that started 0-2, Eli Manning has been on fire the past two weeks, and you know I know we get we didn't get a chance to talk about it on last week's show because we record the show before the Thursday night football game every week. But you know Eli Manning and this Giants team just laid a shellacking on the Redskins on the road. That was an incredibly impressive victory for this Giants squad. And now they return home, they're going to get a nice hand from their crowd, and they're taking on a Falcons team that is such a different team when they're on the road. When they're away from that dome, they're not the same team. Just like we've seen with the. New Orleans Saints, and we've seen with the uh, we've seen with the Seattle Seahawks away from home. A lot of teams in the NFL play tremendous football at home, struggle on the road. But you look at this Giants team; they haven't faced in, in their two wins, being obviously last week Thursday night against the Redskins, and then the Sunday previous to that against the Houston Texans. Haven't faced a, a great defensive unit. Haven't faced a defense, or a great quarterback, for or that a matter. great quarterback for that matter. So that's why I look at this game, and I think even though you're taking the Falcons outside of, of the Georgia Dome, you're putting them at MetLife Stadium. I think this is going to be a much tougher matchup than the last two wins were for the Giants. This is going to be a tough game. The Giants are really going to have to play a complete game of football. And even in their two wins, well, even in their fir- in their second win of the season being last week, you know, they played a complete game. But that first win against Houston, and they did not play well in the first half. It was the second half of the game where they really ran away with things. So it's going to take 60 minutes of football to beat the Falcons. They are a good team. And as a Giants fan, the one thing you have to be ecstatic about is that this offense is finally clicking. You, know, you saw signs of it against the Texans. They, they were able to you know, pull away and get that victory. But last week against the Redskins was really the first time that everything came together offensively. You had Eli Manning throwing for four touchdown passes, and he ran one in as well. So that's how you know it's going well for the Giants if Eli Manning is picking up rushing touchdowns. But this is a Giants team that had so many question marks after the horrific preseason they had. They started off terribly by going 0-2. So you look at this team now. They're 2-2 right now. They're taking on a, a Falcons team that we just touched on that's so different away from being in that home dome that they love so much. But, you know, if Eli Manning can play consistent and can have another strong game, I like the Giants in this game. will make the picks in the pigskin pick them segment. But the Giants can continue to play a big-time complete football game, and they don't don't turn the football over, they should be in good shape, especially if they get Rashad Jennings going and they're able to run that football. If they can get Rashad Jennings going, run the football, and then work you know, to the strengths of Eli Manning, they're probably going to have a lot of success, especially in front of their home crowd, which they'll get a nice hand for you know, coming off two straight wins. 
I think the key for the Giants, once again, is, of course, running the football. We've seen Eli Manning play well, but if you give Eli Manning time and you just give him something to work with with his running game, Eli's going to make plays. And, I mean, all this talk about Eli being done or you start Ryan Nash, some of the most ridiculous things that you hear well, Giants ridiculous. fans say. It's ridiculous. I mean, did this guy not win your two Super Bowls in seven two years? Two Super Bowls was the MVP of both games. But forget about it. We know how how good Eli Manning is. Eli, is Eli Manning a, 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 an elite quarterback? He is not. But is he a really good quarterback who plays great when you need him to? Absolutely. And uh, he, he's a quarterback that I'd want starting for my team any day of the week. As a Jet fan, I would. You know what I would do for a quarterback like Eli Manning to be my starter for the I, I don't think decade? it's appropriate on the air to, to, to talk about those. It kind probably of isn't very appropriate on the air. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> uh, just but, to, just to no. throw this out, Dan, you did say, and I would do the same as well, that you would give up your pinky. You would chop off your pinky if it meant the Jets would win a Super Bowl. Confirm this. That is true. I said it. I would g- give up my pinky and my pinky toe. Oh, the pinky toe, of course. Pinky toe, which is it's useless, and we know it doesn't do anything. But <laughs> it's, it's useless. It's useless. I would give it up in a heart. How, how do you know it's useless? I don't. I, I don't, but I'm hoping it is because – but I would take that risk to see the Jets win a Super Bowl. But back to the Giants real quick, Jake. Nice transition. Odell Beckham Jr. He's questionable for this week. There's a chance he might play – the impact of him on the field, how big is it for the Giants? Well, it's big because he gives them a stretch-the-field type of option that they just don't have right now. Victor Cruz is a nice player, but he's a slot guy, and Victor Cruz can make you big-time plays. But I think Victor Cruz is not a pure number one wide receiver. I think you got to complement him with someone else that can help stretch the field, and I think that allows Victor Cruz to have his best games. You've seen it with with the Giants in the previous years when, of course, Hakeem Nix was over there making big-time plays for this offense. But you know what? Eli Manning is still learning the system, this West Coast offense that Ben McAdoo do is you know, it has you know tried to install in his first season as the offensive coordinator, but right now for the Giants you got to be feeling good. But the real test starts now. The two games that they won back to back, it's nice. You feel good about yourself. You're two and two. You're right where you need to be. That division is wide open for the Giants to get back in right in the middle, of, right in the thick of things. But for them to really be taken seriously, it would go a long way to be a very good Atlanta Falcons team that's coming in off a very tough loss. Very tough loss. They're coming in at a game they really. Should have won. They let Teddy Bridgewater and that young offense, well, not young, but young quarterback play at offense get the best of him, especially late in the game in the fourth quarter, outdoors in Minnesota. They're going to come out. They're going to come out firing. They want to win this game, and they feel that they that I'm sure they feel that the Giants are a team they can beat. But at the same time, the Giants win this football game. You're starting to say, wow, maybe we were wrong about the Giants. Maybe they're starting to push things in the right direction offensively. But this is going to be a big test for the Giants. Key for the Giants is going to be the Giants' secondary. How do they stop Roddy White? How do they stop Julio Jones? Those are two of the best wide receivers in football, two of the best combo wide receivers. And you know what, Matt Ryan, give him credit. He's a very good quarterback. I'm not going to put him in that elite level. But Matty Ice, he makes plays. And, you know, this is a Giants team that their secondary was supposed to be very good. Of course, they signed Dominic rogers Camardi. They haven't played great yet. Last week was the first great game they had. They forced four Kirk Cousins turnovers. Let's see if they can continue to stay hot and play well against this Falcons offense. That's what it's going to take. They have to continue to move the football and, and, and show signs that they are moving in the right direction offensively as a cohesive unit, which you know we saw the last couple weeks. And Dan, for the third straight week, we're going to be talking about the Jets coming in off a loss. They're going to be in San Diego. They're seven-point underdogs. They're taking on a San Diego Chargers team that looks very good right now. And the Jets right now, I, mean, I don't even know where to begin. Of course, you got to start with the quarterback position because Geno Smith was flat out awful against the Lions on Sunday. He was awful. He was absolutely awful. And uh, you know we said in a couple other games that 
you know, uh, he, he showed some signs of, he showed showed a lot of good things, along with bad things, but he showed a lot of good things, like in the Packer game, he played, I thought, really well. Uh, against the Bears, he showed a lot of good signs, and then they just weren't able to, you know, he made too many mistakes. He made, he didn't play well at all. He wasn't even decent on, on Sunday. He did not give the Jets a chance to win, uh, and you cannot have a quarterback you cannot get quarterback play like that and expect to win. You're not going to win when you play like the way Geno Smith played on Sunday. And we don't want to reiterate what we say every single week about Geno Smith. He cannot turn the football over. Two more turnovers on Sunday against the Lions team. That's going to get you be- that's going to get you benched eventually. I like Geno Smith. I want him to be successful. But the turnovers, they have to stop. He's on a very thin leash from this point on because you know what? I uh, my original plan after the Jet game was, you know what? You got to play Geno Smith out through the we- through the uh, the rest of the week. You got to just see things out. You know, this is a Jets team that invested a second round pick into him he started for them all 16 games as a rookie you got to stick with Gino but you know what right now if Gino Smith is going to continue to turn the football you can't over it. no you can't and you know what this is a Jets team that is only one game back in the division because the New England Patriots lost to the Chiefs the Dolphins aren't very good the Bills just went to Kyle Orton so this is a division for the first time in probably years is wide open it's probably wide for the first open. time since Tom Brady got hurt in 2008 and missed the whole season and of course we all know the Patriots ended up still winning 11 games and you know, well, somehow, why, somehow they missed the playoffs, but this division is wide Jake, open. That's why I look at the, what the Buffalo Bills did, and I say, you know what? That's an aggressive move saying that, you know what? We think we can make a move and win this div- a weak division. We think we have a shot, and that's why we're going to our veteran Kyle Orton. And I think with the Jets, they're not that far away from saying if the division's still in reach and they're not playing well, then I think you have then to Then I think a move. you have to. You cannot tolerate the turnovers anymore. Geno Smith, maybe it's best for him to learn behind Michael Vick. And here's the thing, too. I don't think Michael Vick is an upgrade. He was 3-12 and in his last 15 starts as an Eagle. He's not a very good but quarterback, Jake, when I asked, and he turns the football over. But I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I will say this, though. Geno Smith cannot continue to, th- to turn the football over. Eventually, you got to send a message that, hey, this is unacceptable. Sit on the bench and maybe learn a little bit. Don't turn the football over. The Jets are going to be in a situation where if, there are, if they aren't within range of this division, you got to make a move. And that's not to say that Michael Vick is an upgrade, but if Geno Smith continues to play this poorly, his confidence has got to be low. Maybe going to Michael Vick, I'm not saying it's going to be the savior, it's going to save this season, but maybe just sitting Geno Smith down for a game and going to Michael Vick might allow Geno Smith to get things together we saw last week, or excuse me, last season, when Rex Ryan pulled Geno Smith and put in Matt Sims in the second half of that Miami Dolphins game. Geno Smith came back from that point on, and he played a lot better the last four four games of that season. Maybe they have to do the same thing. But my whole thing with this, it doesn't make very much sense. Because if they were going to do that, why didn't they do that at the end of the first half against the Lions? But I feel like we've said they this didn't before, do it. But we said this before when they've taken out Sanchez and when they took out Geno last year. Well, why are they doing it now? Why didn't they? This is just the way they operate when it comes to quarterbacks. And that's what I said at the beginning of the season on one of the shows, you know, Rex has not handled quarterback situations particularly well since he's been the head man and the head coach. Of the now, whose Jets. decision is it? Because there's a lot of controversy surrounding what I Rex, think Ryan it's Rex said Ryan's when he decision. says it's a Jets decision. Well, it's a Jets decision who's going to start a game. I agree with that. I agree that they there's con- conversations during the week, uh, maybe after a game, of what you're going to do the next week and what your plans are. But in the middle of a game, I don't want to hear it's Rex Ryan's decision and his gut feeling who gives him a best chance to win. Absolutely, action. you know, and I think too much is being made of this story that then the media is trying to portray. It's ridiculous. Because you know what? When Rex Ryan needed to make a quarterback change in the middle of a game last season, he did it. He put in Matt Sims at, at the end of the first half against the Miami Dolphins. You know what? This is the Jets team, though, that needs to get things together. And we, we picked on Geno a lot for the first part of this Jets breakdown. But how about this defense, Dan? This is a defense that I want to say is a good defense. I want to say is very good. But every time you need them to get a 
a big stop, whether it's against the Bears, when Aaron Rodgers was able to get back in that game and claw right down the field, whether it was against... Excuse me, when it was against the, the Bears and Jay Cutler was able to do so. Or the Packers when the Jets' defense couldn't hold on to a 21-3 lead. Or last week against the Lions when the Jets finally scored to bring them within seven. And what does this defense do? They, let, up, they let Matt Stafford go right down the field and they converted on a third and 18 in that drive. Yeah, the Jets' defense, it's good up front. We knew it was going to be. We knew they were going to be able to stop the run, which they've done in a pretty good But what else do we year. know? Their secondary can't stop it's a nosebleed. Secondary is horrendous. It's horrendous. D. Milner, obviously is an upgrade when healthy, without a doubt. He's already missed so much he's, time, he's, What can you really expect well, from him? Well, that's a question. What do you ex- what can you expect from him? But I think him in there healthy is an upgrade. And you know playing him already— But the bottom line is— How about when the Jets decided to play him week two and, well, he, and, was, and it made his injury worse? Well, he was wasn't a, ready, and that was no, a horrible decision. he wasn't ready, and that was a terrible decision. And that's decision on the coach. The I'm sorry. I love well, Rex. That's on the coach. That's on, that is on Rex. But I think Rex felt maybe that— D was in a, a better place with his ankle than he was, and they were wrong. And that's an that's an error that you know someone needs to be account uh, accountable for, and someone needs to take the hit on. And it falls on the head coach, and that's what Rex said, you know, a couple weeks ago after that um, after that Packer game when that happened. But when you talk about the Jets' defense, Jake, they're so undersized in the secondary. Darren Walls and Antonio Allen. They they know they are good tacklers. I I will say I've been very impressed specifically with Antonio, Antonio Allen. Allen. Antonio Allen has done a great job tackling, but I will tell you, in coverage, you know, covering a guy like Calvin Johnson. I'm just saying, even though Calvin didn't have a great game because he was hurt, I'm sure if Calvin Johnson was healthy, he would have tore it up. Well, the Jets are going against Keenan Allen. They're going against Antonio Gates. These are guys. Uh, who's going to guard Antonio Gates? No one, because the Jets can't guard anyone. Dan, Let, let's, they're not a good defensive team. The only way the Jets' defense is successful is because their homegrown defensive line is getting to the quarterback. We've seen it. They when they got to Rodgers, they played well. And then when they got to Stafford, they played well. And when they got to Jay Cutler, they played well. The, you know what? The secondary is so just awful. It's, it's, awful. Aw- it's awful. It's brutal. And it's going it's to terrible. continue to hurt them. And you know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of hearing all oh, that was a coverage mistake. That was a coverage breakdown. You know what? You're just not very good, Rex. Your secondary is well, just not very well, good. Well, 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 I'm tired. Doesn't it annoy you? I'm tired of awful. hearing about a coverage breakdown. You're in the NFL. Make a play. This is, know where you're supposed to be. This is going back. No, your years. defense. This is going back a couple years already. With Why the is it that breakdown? the Jets always get beat over the top in quarters? Why is it that their safety is always getting beat? It's you late. have one job as a safety to make sure no one gets behind you. Too many times the Jets get beat over the top, and I'm sorry. I'm, I've had enough of it. I'm tired of watching the same They're thing week good. after. Week. They're not a good defensive team, and that's why when I think Rex comes on, you know, when went on with Michael and Don on Monday on uh, the Michael K show on ESPN Radio, ESPN New York, I think they asked him a great pe- question. They said, Rex, is it the fact? Is it not the fact that you guys just are, are a coverage mistake? Is it just the fact that you're not good? And I think that's the case. Rex obviously did not admit today. He's not going to throw his players on the bus, nor would I expect him to. But I think we are at the point, Jake, where we're just like. God damn, the Jets secondary just isn't very good. And I think that is the case we're dealing with. They're just not very good. No, and that's why to win this football game on the road in San Diego after you've lost three straight with the division being it's wide open tough. once again. It's going to be a tough wide open. It's going to be a tough game for the Jets. They're seven-point underdogs, but their only chance, the only remote chance in this football game is putting a pass rush on Phillip Rivers for the entire game. Because if they take a playoff, they will get beat. We've seen it. If the Jets don't get a pass rush for a play, that's the play they get beat on. You know, they're incapable of you know making a play in the secondary. And what's up with this defense? The Jets' defense, they don't force turnovers. They're not an opportunistic defense. They never have been underneath Rex Ryan. And you know what? When you have a bad secondary, you kind of have to be. And they haven't been able to force turnovers. They haven't been able to force interceptions at, t- at, you know, at all of the season, not only just in a timely manner. 
for them to win, they're going to have to do something like that because we don't know where this offense is right now and what type of game can we really expect from Geno Smith. There's too many question marks with this Jets team right now. It's the NFL, so it's very week to week, and of course they can figure it out. But right now, how are you supposed to pick the Jets? Very difficult to. Very, we'll get into in the pigskin pickings, but it's very difficult to because when you weigh everything together, they're facing a San Diego Chargers team this week that is so much better than them, it's not even funny. The San Diego Chargers are 10 times better than the New York Jets. Excuse me. Are 10 times better than the New York Jets are right now in every, in every facet of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. I agree with you. And one more thing before we move on, we're going to go to the buy or sell segment coming up right after this is you know, Chris Ivory, he needs to touch the football more. He's averaging five and a half yards per touch. Give this guy the football. We saw on Sunday he dominated that first drive, and the Jets, they shy they shy away from the running game. And, you know, Marty Mordenweg, I think he's a very good offensive coordinator. I like what he's been able to do with Geno Smith and trying to develop him. We've seen the improvements from year one to year two. But I feel like sometimes he tries to get too many people involved. If something's working, you got to stick with what's working. And, you know, going to Chris Johnson, I understand he had the touchdown run, but just in general this season, I think we really need to see Chris Ivory get the football more. We saw it on that first drive, and the the Jets really never went back to it, and that's really unfortunate because, you know, when Chris Ivory's had the football, he's been able to make plays. They don't go back to him, and I agree with you. You make a great point, and this is a point I believe you hit on last week. Marty Morningweg is, a, I think, a real good offensive coordinator. I agree with you. He's done a great job with Geno Smith, but he, he gets so fancy with the with the the options. You know, they didn't do it the uh, they didn't do it uh, this week, but they didn't bring in Vic. Thank God. But you know, when they tried to bring in Vic for the one play, it's just it's too fancy. I'm glad they just finally dumped the, the wild football, Run the football, Chris Ivory, 51 yards on the first drive of the game, and he only finished with 79 yards. Where was he the rest of the football game? Where was he? They didn't get them the ball. They didn't get them the ball. They didn't do what got them points on their first drive. They didn't do what got them points. And, you know, one thing that has killed the Jets for a second week in a row, they are inept and incapable of scoring the ball when they're inside the 20. Well, here's line. another issue, too, and part of that is because they didn't go to Jeremy Curley on some, uh, this past Sunday Yeah, he against wasn't the Lions. a factor. One catch, three targets. You got to go to Jeremy Curley. You know, Eric Decker, he played well when the ball was thrown to him. He made the plays, but you didn't go to Decker enough. The you only, didn't go to Jeremy Curley the enough. The only bright spot... In the last couple weeks for the Jets, is I think Greg Salas can be a nice receiver. Greg Salas has been solid. He's made back to back. He's had back to back weeks of making a nice big catch, at yards at the catch. But you know what? This is the Jets team that needs to go to Jason Morrow. They need to get Curly involved. Decker needs to continue to play you know, at the level he's yeah, been able Morrow's to play. Yeah, Morrow's got to be a big factor. But Jason Morrow, you got to. Where is he? You got to utilize the tight end in yep. this offense. And you know what? The Jets haven't done it. And if they want to have a chance on Sunday, I really think they're going to need to make those type of adjustments. But when we come back, we're going to be debuting our buy or sell segment. Back right after this. Back here on the Asmin and Budic Show. Jake, we get set to debut a new segment. It is Buy or Sell, and we're joined by Jake Chernock, our producer, who we'll hear later on with the four downs, but Jake's joining us on for the segment, and uh, should be a nice wrinkle to the show. You see it on PTI, you actually see it on WICB's Countdown to Kickoff, which, of course, Jake Chernock is one of the studio hosts for that show, but Jake, as our producer, it's always great to get you on the air with us. Oh, thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun work with you guys, and I'm looking forward to this new segment. That's right, new segment, Buy or Sell. So, guys... First question, buy or sell? The Patriots are winning the AFC East, Jake. I'm still going to buy it because I'm a Jet fan, and time and time again we've seen the New England Patriots look like it could be the end for their glorious run they've had under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And But you know what? 
I'm still I, I gotta buy it. You know, the Patriots time and time again they find a way to get it done in the end. And you know, you can make the case that it's wide open, and this division is wide open. You know, but history shows you that the Patriots are going to be able to figure it out. You look at this Jets team. We just talked about it. We don't really know what to expect from them going forward. They're one and three right now. Could very well be one and six with their schedule. Then you have the Bills who are turning to Kyle Orton. You have the Dolphins. So much uncertainty with the rest of the NF. Or excuse me, with the rest of the AFC East. That you know what? You gotta like the Patriots. You gotta like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick being able to figure things out and get into the playoffs as the AFC East champions. Yeah, I, 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 they're gonna win this division. They're just they're the better teams. They're, they're the best team in this division by far. It's a weak division. I know we, you know, Jake, Jake, we've we've talked about it before. It is a weak AFC East. We don't know what we're going to see out of the Jets the rest of the way. Like you mentioned, easily could be 1-6. The Bills, Kyle Orton starting quarterback, and the Dolphins, I mean, I don't think they're going to win this division. I still think, even though the Pats have struggled thus far, they're still going to win this division. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy it as well, just because of what you guys are talking about. It's not so much because I think the Patriots are particularly strong this year, but it's because is there anybody else in this division that we actually think is better than the New England Patriots right now? And I'd have to say the answer to that question is now. And I will say this, though, guys, and I'm not sure if you'll agree with me. Even though the Jets are one and three, I still think out of the Bills and the Miami Dolphins, the Jets is still the second best team in that division. They are, but their schedule is very tough, and that's the only reason why I don't know where they're going to finish. They are, I think, when you look at the team, they are the second best team in the division, and they are the team that I think, if they get some stable quarterback play, can give the Patriots a run for their money. But that's a big if. I mean, Geno's a big if. Stable quarterback play and also better play out of the secondary as well. I mean, that's just been absolutely atrocious this week. Or, 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 I mean, so far uh, through the first four games yeah, of the year. Yeah, through the quarter of a season, their secondary has struggled. this week. Absolutely. And speaking of Geno Smith, buy or sell, Geno Smith will start every game for the Jets this season. I'm selling it. I think they're going to have to go to Vic at one point or another. I don't know when that's going to be. I haven't seen anything out of Geno to tell me that this he is the starter and he should be the starter for the remainder of the season. I'm going to buy that, actually. I just have uh, my doubts about whether or not Rex will actually go to Michael Vick, especially since Vick has been so unsuccessful uh, in his very limited action as the uh, in the Wildcat formation. But I really just don't believe that Rex will make that move and go away from Geno. If the Jets go one, uh, lose these next three games, and maybe, but until I see that, then I think Geno is the guy. I agree with you, Jake. I'm going to buy it as well. I think Geno Smith starts every game for the Jets. I just think if they were going to go to Michael Vick, it would have been last week. I think the only time you'd see Vick come in is maybe to relieve Geno Smith, but I don't think that Michael Vick will start a game. I think Geno Smith is going to start the rest of the season, and you know what? We'll see where the Jets end up, but for right now, I'm buying it. Geno Smith starts every game for the Jets this season. Final buy or sell, guys. Adrian Peterson will play a game this year for the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely not. There is no way that this situation gets resolved in time for him to play uh, for the Vikings this year. And honestly, if it gets resolved the way that we all think it will, which, I mean, given the evidence against him, there's possible jail time or something like that. I mean, I just think that there's no way that the Minnesota Vikings can possibly bring back Adrian Peterson, even if he is acquitted on all charges. I agree with you. Um, I'm selling it. I don't think Adrian Peterson will play another game for the Vikings this season. I think his career in Minnesota very well might be up. Of course, the rumors you know, before the season were how he has interest in playing for the Cowboys, how he spoke to Jerry Jones about playing for them in the future. I don't know. All these things kind of add up to me believing that not only will Pe- Peterson not play for the Vikings this season, 
but I don't think who he may ever play for the Vikings again. Yeah, I'm not ready to say that yet that he won't play ever again. But it's a it's a buy. He's not. Uh, I mean, uh, pardon me. It is a sell. He's not playing for the Minnesota Vikings this season. Like you mentioned, Jake, this situation is not even close to getting resolved, and it looks just so bad on the Minnesota Vikings part if he plays a down for them this year. It really does with everything that's gone on in the NFL this year. Whether it's been Ray Rice, whether it's been Greg Hardy, it, you can't have this guy play this year. It's it's too much of a dark cloud over the team if he comes back. He's not going to play this year. So that's going to do it for our first ever buy or sell segment. Jake Chernock, thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, this was fun. We'll look forward to doing it every week. And speaking of Jake Chernock, we're going to get to his four down segment right now. Now it's time for four downs with Jake Chernock. On first down, with the Patriots at 2-2 two and two after four games, the AFC East is wide open this year. Tom Brady is on pace for his lowest completion percentage of his career. He has completed 59% of his passes, which is 29th in the league, and has seen a league-leading 25.5% of his passes fall incomplete due to an over- or underthrown pass. Brady has also averaged just 5.8 yards per attempt, which is 35th out of 36 qualified quarterbacks, better than only Raiders rookie Derek Carr. On second down, Eli Manning threw for 300 pass yards and four touchdowns for the fourth time in his career. In the Super Bowl era, all other Giants quarterbacks have done that a total of twice, Kerry Collins in 2002 and Phil Sims in 1984. Manning excelled on short throws, completing 20 of 27 passes that were 10 or fewer yards downfield, including all four touchdowns. In four games, Manning already has nine touchdown passes on short throws this season, more than he had all of last season. On third down, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers had success with the deep ball and was 6 of 6 overall when passing at least 15 yards downfield. He was 10 of 10 targeting Jordy Nelson in situations in which the Bears rushed four or fewer at him. Two of Rodgers' four touchdown passes were thrown more than 10 yards downfield. He only had one such touchdown pass in his first three games of the season. Finally on fourth down, Jamal Charles has had a game with at least two touchdown receptions and a touchdown run each of the last two seasons. From 1960 to 2012, only two Chiefs players did that in a game. Charles has five games with multiple touchdowns in the past two seasons, and only Jimmy Graham of the New Orleans Saints has more in that span with six. With the four downs, I'm Jake Chernock. All right, thank you very much to our producer, Jake Chernock, for providing this week's four down segment. But now, Dan, it's time for our favorite part of the week. Are you ready? This week's Pigskin Pick'ems starts right now. That's right, the pig skin pick'em. Jake, first game we're talking about, Giants home against the Falcons. You know, this is a game where Eli Manning, can he stay hot? Can he continue to play as well as he had in the previous two games? And you know what? I see the Giants getting a win in this game. I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to lay the four points. You know what? Uh, Matt Ryan is a much different quarterback away from that dome, as we discussed earlier. And I just think this Giants team is hot right now. They're starting to put things together. I like them at home. They can pick up a big win against a team that a lot of people had going to the Super Bowl, possibly, before the season started. That's right. A lot of people had 
had them going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to take the Falcons on the road. They're coming off a very tough loss in Minnesota, a game they, you know, if you ask Matt Ryan, you ask Coach Smith, they should have won. I'm taking the Falcons to go into MetLife Stadium and beat the Giants. Now the New York Jets are going to be in San Diego. They are seven-point underdogs on the road, taking on the Chargers. Who do you like? I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to take it with the spread. I just don't think the Jets, with the way they've played, can recover from their mistakes so quickly. It comes back to Geno Smith in that secondary. I just don't see it happening in San Diego. I agree with you. I think the San Diego Chargers win the game. However, I'm going to take the Jets and th- those seven points. I think the Jets are able to make it a game. I think a lot of it depends on the play of Geno Smith, as you said. The play of this Jets secondary. Are they going to get lit up by Phillip Rivers? We're going to have to find out. But I do think the Jets are going to be in this game. They haven't been blown out by anyone this year, despite the fact they are 1-3. The Jets beat themselves more than other teams beat them. I'm going to take the Jets. I think that they're able to stay in this game just enough to cover the seven points. Next game, you're talking about Sunday night football. You got the Bengals traveling to Gillette Stadium. They're taking on the New England Patriots. You know, Dan, the Patriots have struggled. A lot of people are down on them. And I'm going to have to take the Bengals. I know it's going to be a tough environment playing at Gillette Stadium, but this is the Cincinnati team that has an outstanding defense. they got a good running game. they got a solid quarterback. I think the Bengals are going to be able to beat up on this weak Patriots offensive line defensively, and they're going to be able to get after Tom Brady. If they're able to do that, I just don't know how the Patriots are going to be able to put up enough points with that Cincinnati offense. It was a gruesome loss for the Patriots on Monday night. I think they come back and win the game. I'm taking the Patriots. Dan's going with the Pats. And finally now, before we get to our wildcard games, we're going to go to the Monday night game, Seahawks at the Redskins. The Redskins are seven and a half point underdogs at home. Yeah, and I think Seattle's going to win the game with the spread. I think Seattle's such a good team, and I think they're facing a Washington team that was just gruesome. They couldn't do anything really against the Giants last week. It was just too little too late when they were able to get any points on the on the board. I think Seattle's going to win. You know, Kirk Cousins struggled against that Giants defense. I think he's going to struggle against the Seattle Seahawks defense as well. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Seven and a half is a lot to lay, but you know what? When you're Seattle you got to take them. They're the defending champs. They are a different team on the road, but how do you pick against the Seahawks right now? Got to take Seattle. Got to take Seattle. Now we jump to the wild card game. Jake, what's your wild card? You know, my wild card this week is, as I mentioned earlier, it might be. It turns out it is. Ravens at the Colts. I like the Colts right now. I mentioned earlier they have scored 85 points in their past two games. They're giving three and a half at home, but you know what? I'm just not a big believer in this Ravens team. I think Andrew Luck and this Colts team, they get it done at home. Yeah, my, uh, my wild card game is Tampa Bay traveling to New Orleans. It's a 10.5-point spread. Obviously, New Orleans a favorite at home. I'm taking New Orleans to win. So that's this week's Pigskin Pick'ems. Once again, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Asmund and Butick Show podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at, at Asmund Butick Show. And we do have a Facebook page now. You can like us on Facebook, the Asmund Butick Show. Find us there. But, Dan, it's been a great show, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Great show. Looking forward to a great week five. So that's going to do it for us. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Listening to the Asmund and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.